Casey, run it. I must admit, I didn't think much of this show the first time I laid eyes on it. Seemed like a bunch of stiffs wasting nice the microphones. The trade of all time happened back in 1803. Go ahead. Napoleon Bonaparte traded the Louisiana Purchase for $3 million. Napoleon, what happened? <laughs> Half the country for $3 million. You can't even get Tucker Barnhart for $3 million. And I came to realize anymore. these guys are funny. And Justin Fields have identical stats the last five weeks about throwing the football. This guy, okay, and folks, is a fidget some of the best spare. gamblers I've come to know. If you're betting on USC and or TCU, let it be known, you are a square. TCU is going to hammer this team tomorrow night. And I hate to hear that. Tomorrow when we afternoon. come back in here on Monday, you're going to be happy as a lark because USC lost, but you're going to be wrong about TCU. Get ready for the most useless hour of your day. It's time for Boxed Lunch, presented by Betfred Sportsbook. Now, Casey... Run that track. That is how you do not ruin the moment. If they can send that straight to the booth of CBS on Sunday for a guy named Tony Romo, that would be fantastic. Because what you do is you let the, you let the sound of the things that make the most importance be relevant and shut the hell up. Let's go! And that is what Tony needs to figure out. And I hope he does it on Sunday. In fact, the whole main reason that I really want to go to this game is that I actually don't have to worry about the broadcast. I can just watch it in my own Hell environment. Yeah. I can yeah. listen to the crowd. I can hear the sounds of the game. And you know what? Of the biggest games of my entire life, the reason that I wanted to go to it, which was last year, was largely because I did not want to have to listen to the broadcast at all. Just wanted to be right there in the moment. And for you guys to have this experience, and one thing I've noticed, I don't know if I've, I've I'm not going to take the personal credit for it, but one thing I've noticed driving in today, I thought about this. I gave a little pep talk earlier this year about, you know what, when you have basically oxygen, you know, life, when you're living, and I know there's responsibilities, there's life, if you will, there's things that you got to do, you got to pay bills, but at some point you realize when you're on your deathbed, I guarantee you that you're like, you know what? All those little petty things I used to worry about, the, 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 the flat tire I might get that's going to cost me $400 that I'm worried about that I don't want to spend money on it because I want a rainy day fund, whatever that may be. I got to tell you, you're going to think back, you guys, I'm talking about you guys, are going to think back on whatever games you've already been to for this year and especially this game on Sunday if the Bengals win. You will never forget it. It's, even if they were to not win, you'll never forget it. But I'm just telling you, paint me a picture. If they win on Sunday, it'll be one of the greatest memories that you, that you will have within your life ever. And that's no offense to... I mean, that's some people will say, you're, well, yeah, you get married. Hey, I don't have a married. wife or kids. We're good. <laughs> yeah, well, I'm even... 
I got nothing. I'm, All I got is sports. I am going to say something that is relatively controversial. Oh, no. The politically correct thing is always going to be to say your wedding's the most important day of your life. Kids, yeah. Your kids, when they were born, the most important day of your life. I've done both of those things. I've also been to the, some of my most favorite sporting events. I don't rank any of them. I don't. Because you know what? Like You get a certain level of happiness, and it's just like you're, you're living, yeah. man. So why do you have to say that you know this day is the most important day over that day? Whatever. They're all great. There's like an, there's like an elite level of echelon. Of great days in your life, and I'm telling you right now, Sunday's going to be one of those for all of you. But but if you had to rank marriage, kids, Georgia winning the national title this year, what order would they go? Are the kids watching two years is, in a is row? The wife watching? I mean, obviously you're going to go with your 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 family. I'm not just saying that because no, I'm not just saying that. <laughs> um, but I, I you know it's like as I've said before on this show, there's a freezing point once you reach a certain level of happiness. I mean, it's, it's euphoria regardless. Oh, and I did say it's funny you bring this up because I know somebody getting married next year, the Saturday after the Super Bowl, and the person that's getting married is a fan of of somebody that like could win the Super Bowl next year. And I was like, brother, you you could have the two happiest days of your life in a six day span. Like, where do you go from there? Where are you gonna go? Uh, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and that's all I'm mean. a chat. A chat. I think I had him worried. I think yeah, I, might, yeah, yeah. I had you all worried. I'm not. I'm not suggesting that I care more about sports than my family by any stretch of the imagination. In fact, right now, if my wife told me that she was leaving or something along those lines. Guess what? I'm not going on the trip, fellas. It's that right. simple. So as far as like the dynamics of how important things are, it's it's pretty straightforward for me. But there is this certain level of happiness that you certainly reach in life, and I am just telling you. You will be unbelievably elated when the Bengals win on Sunday, mm -hmm. and you'll be unbelievably elated when your kids are bored. And when you look back on it, for me personally, it's like, yeah, it was unbelievable. That's well, all I got. Well, I have a question really quick, because I'm talking to a potential uh, videographer here. Yeah. Did you say free trip to the championship game as well? This is the, this is the deal. It's as simple as this. I'm going to do it. I'll put it on Twitter. I'm going to look at resumes, all that. And I got to figure out, you know. This is quick. It's one of those things where I'm going to have to probably have someone vouch for you that you're not going to kill me. So I need to know. You need to know someone that I know type situation. Um, but you got to be a videographer. You got to have your own equipment. And largely, does it mean you're going to use your whole equipment the whole time? Probably not, because you're not going to be able to take it into maybe the game. So at least an iPhone in those situations would work. But when we're outside of the games, you can use whatever equipment you have. But the equipment's a parameter for me in, in, in almost like you know what you're doing, right? Right. It'd be like, hey, can you cut my hair? And be like, yeah, I can cut your hair. And they're like, well, you need to bring your own scissors and you need to bring your own like, you know, razor and all that. And it's like, wait a minute. I've you're going to cut my hair, but you don't have any of the tools to cut my hair. It's right. like, that's is that who cut Casey's hair two months ago? Bad start. <laughs> oh, no. no, 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 no. He doesn't We're deserve it. We're not dogging him for that. <laughs> it looks I'm way playing. better now. That was tough, Casey. You know that. Can I fess up to something that, that Tom, Tom alluded to about how he was like, man, what's your wife going to say? You're going out to Kansas City, staying in a casino, going for five days. Mariana Mouse does not know that we're staying in a casino. And I know when that comes out, she's going to be like, whoa, whoa, whoa. You're in a casino for four days or whatever it's supposed to be? I know that's going to be a small fight, but we'll cross that bridge when it gets there. See, we'll the weird thing about me is, is I love sports gambling, obviously. But I'm not a big casino guy. 
I'm not going to go spend a bunch of money down right. playing roulette or blackjack or whatever. Buffet. I just, it's, those are two completely separate things to me. And when I was looking at hotels, you could stay at a place that's got a four-star hotel that looks incredibly nice. No, casinos are nice. For $125, $150, $175 a night. Or you can go stay at the Best Western, no offense to the Best Western, or the Red Roof Inn, no offense to the Red Roof Inn, for $200 a night. What do you want to do? It's like, oh, I'm going to go stay at the casino hotel because that just makes way more sense. So I actually did it largely just based off of a value add than I wanted to be at the casino, which is a weird, maybe people might not believe me, but that's God's honest truth why we did it, or at least why I did it. Um, all right. You want to talk about sports? Yeah. Like let's, a good idea. let's talk sports. In regards, to the, in regards to the videographer, yes. Okay. To finish my point, it's as simple as this. We're leaving tomorrow, and I think I'm going to tail your family. We'll see. We'll talk through that later. But okay. That, that, yeah, that's a good idea. That way I literally might not. Die, yeah. Right. You guys can yeah. like follow my truck. If my truck swerves off to the right, it's like, oh, Trace is getting stabbed. Um, <laughs> so going out there on going out there tomorrow, Saturday. This is the itinerary. Noon. Driving straight all the way to Kansas City, getting to Kansas City that night. Right. Waking up on Sunday, we're gonna go to the College Basketball Hall of Fame. We'll figure out what time that is, what works best for everybody. Um, the College Basketball Experience in Kansas City, which is amazing. I'm, I'm trying to figure out if we can do the show there on Monday. We'll figure that out. And then, obviously, going to the game on Sunday night. And then Monday um, is an off day. I think we, what we should probably do is just um, we'll figure out some sightseeing things that we might want to do. There's a World War One museum, I believe, that's, like, really, really famous. And, the, the War to End All Wars. And then there was, obviously, Kansas City Barbecue. We can go around, maybe do a couple ta taste testing at a few places. Mm. Um, that does live up to the hype. So we'll 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 do that on Monday, and then on Tuesday we are going to go to Allen Fieldhouse and and then uh, root on the Jayhawks, and hopefully they can win their first game in what seems like two months. But um, then come back on Wednesday. That is the itinerary, exactly as put. So multiple of people have asked me if I'm going to be wearing purple in Allen Fieldhouse. You have think to. You're a heel. You, you have to. No, I ain't gonna go to Allen Fieldhouse. Document I don't want that kind of stuff. That's perfect guys. to document. That's a great bit. Listen, when I go to high school sporting events, it's easy to be a heel there. But when the Jayhawks are riding like a five-game losing streak, because oh, they're gonna lose to the Wildcats of Kentucky tomorrow, they're riding a five-game losing streak. I ain't, I ain't gonna be poking the bear wearing Kansas State stuff. Oh, Not a chance. No content. Way, no content. Do you know how excited I am going to be waking up on Tuesday morning? And the Kansas Jayhawks are going to be like five and a half point favorites against Kansas State. That's going to happen. Let's check the little. And I'm already feeling what's going to happen. I'm going to see it. And it's going to be like where I'm going to be putting a, an incredible amount of responsible money on the Jayhawks. Right, right now, it would be five and a half. See? Who's Ken Palm when you need? I just forget Ken Palm. No, that's what I went off of. <laughs> I know. I'm saying he just oh, yeah. talked to me. I got you. I'm yeah. kidding. Of Trace course. Pomeroy. Yeah, Trace Pomeroy. T Palm. Uh, so I, I already see that brewing. Like I can see that Kansas is sliding, sliding, sliding. Kansas state's a good team. They come into Allen Fieldhouse. You guys get the full experience. They get absolutely waxed and we make a bunch of money because we bet on the Jayhawks. That's, that's, that's what I've envisioned in my head. You want to say that you guys need Volson. I'm going to let you start this takeoff and, uh, we'll go from there. Well, it's just, I just wanted to get the, the ball rolling on some Bengals, uh, chiefs, AFC talk. And the big thing that I saw, I saw on Twitter, that Cordell Volson, who's been a rookie and has been fantastic for the Bengals this year, and a, on a team that seemingly swings and misses on draft picks when it comes to the offensive line, as the Bengals have in recent years, Cordell Volson seems to be sure fire. And Casey, you're a big 
you're a big pro football focus fan. You want to know Cordell Volson's top games this year? I mean, I know this. I know, I know what you're going to say, so go his, ahead. His third from the top graded game this year was against the Dallas Cowboys, notable for having an impressive, an impressive pass rush. His second best game, according to Pro Football Focus, was against the Cleveland Browns, notable, of course, for having a great pass rush. His best game this year, his top graded game, the Kansas City Chiefs. And he's going one-on-one -on -one against Chris Jones. Since week 10, Cordell Volson's only allowed two sacks. There, he's going to be a big piece this week. I was here sitting here on Wednesday talking about Chris Jones, how worried I was about the guy who's third in the league in sacks, rightfully so. And that's the big Achilles heel for Joe Burrow is pushing back the, the, the center of the offensive line. And Cordell Volson is going to do his job as the Bengals win by 17 again. <laughs> so I guess what I'm asking, Casey, yeah. Any any Bengals fans? Sounds like you're telling. How important is 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 the center of this line going to be? Kappa's out. Jonah Williams, they're out. They're not practicing today. So how important are they going to be pushing back Chris Jones in this offensive or this defensive pressure pressure? Well, let me tell you this, because Max Sharping has actually played against Chris Jones, and the times that he's played him, he's only given up four pressures, and he played him twice. Mm. Mm, man, that. That just, oh, this is just, it's juicy. It's really juicy. I, I'm, I'm, I am ecstatic over that, those statistics. I still think that they need to play out of their minds to get it done. But the way that they bullied the front last time, I mean, they had Samaje run for 105 yards or whatever that number was. And they had Joe Burrow run for like 20 or 30. So, Yes, it is going to be very important for them to play well, but I think they can get the job done. Casey, Trace, are you guys still on the the take that you don't think Patrick Mahomes is going to play? Oh no, I'm genuinely curious after the videos have come out because he looks he looks healthy, right? I mean, he, he's I, moving around well. I think he's going to play. I mean, they've said so much already about it that he's going to play. I don't think that's the. After seeing more and more of it, I'm like, yeah, he should probably play. I mean, if he's out there at practice and running around, and if he's going to shoot up for every practice, then fine. I mean. It, isn't sports journalism so funny? Like a big video that I saw on Twitter yesterday was Patrick Mahomes in the press conference going off the platform. And they like zoomed in on him because he gets off this <laughs> platform and lands on his right, the hurt ankle. So that's the one. He, he's not bracing it. He, he, he knows – he could put his body weight on it. I just think sports journalism is objectively hilarious sometimes that we're just zooming in on Patrick Mahomes' right ankle as he's getting off a podium. Can I – I'm going to go out on a limb here because I could be completely wrong about this and everyone can make fun of me come Monday. I think he's hurt. If he has a high ankle sprain, like, like it looked as if he had last Sunday or was Saturday, he's hurt. And I don't know if you've, if you've been an athlete enough to know when you've tried to play through something, mm -hmm. you can let something rest for a certain amount of time. It starts to feel better. And then as soon as you go back to do the thing that you need to do and you instinctively go 100% and you're not favoriting it at all, you re-injure it just like that. I mean, something is stupid in golf right like you think like okay i got a i got a bad elbow and it's starting to feel a little bit better and, and you start to just take some like gentle practice swings and you're like i think my elbow's fine 
and then you go, boom, you rip one, and your elbow is just not fine. I think that's his ankle. Do I think it's going to hinder, hinder him as much as I originally had thought? I don't believe it will because they're going to numb and make that thing almost seem like it doesn't even exist. However, I do think he's hurt. I, I don't think it's one of those situations where it was not, I don't want to say not overblown or not talked about enough. It, it is very much a factor. And again, maybe I'm wrong, but when you go out there that first series and they're like, you know, you got Tony up there. He's like, I don't know, Jim. Do you see that? He looks like he re-injured it. It looks like he re-injured it. And they're going to do like this super, super tight angle that they're going to have like specifically on his ankle. And you're not going to be able to make out anything. And they're going to be like, yeah, it looks like he's going to the tent. That's not good. <laughs> that's, that's my, uh, that's my forecast. Paul Casey Brandon. How? Like, are you okay with being the most hated team in the National Football League? Are you cool with yes. that? Yes. 100%. Okay, okay. He's going to make you that. All right. Hell yeah. So, guys, I, I'm not vowing. I really don't want this, and this is all just to be a shtick and funny. But all right. We signed Vontez Burfitt to a one-game contract. <laughs> oh we signed him to a one-game contract. I can't we put this. him in pads, and we tell him, hey, listen, we're going to scheme up a blitz. <laughs> And it doesn't matter how long it's been since Patrick Mahomes threw that ball. You hit I mean, he could have thrown it six plays prior. And we're basically putting him out of Hitman. And you, you, Kurt Angle, twist it right when you get down there. You're kicked out of the league forever. The Bengals might be kicked out of the league forever. But we're trying to get a chip here, guys. We're trying to get a chip. We, we, we take care of Vontez Perfect, guys. I'm being hypothetical. I'm being... This is all shtick, but <laughs> right. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. I don't know how committed you guys are to winning this game. Oh, man. Vontez would I be I don't committed. think we need Tez, that. I don't think we'd have to convince Tez. That's the best part. I think we just like tell Tez the mission. He's like, all right, I'm, I'm a man. All right, who do I got to hit? He's like, put me in, baby. <laughs> I mean, Shoot I, me. uh, I think it's really funny, but we can win this game without him. Come on, Reed. We don't need that. Nancy Although it would be really funny. <laughs> Hire whoever Nancy Kerrigan who did the jump hit on Lindsay K. All right, guys, I'm done. I'm done. I'm um, kidding. Well, <laughs> it's one of those things where do you feel as a Bengals fan, this honest question around the room is Bengals fans. You got four of them in here. Might as well ask the poll. Send four, out the poll. Four and a half. You're half a Bengals fan. Um, I don't like taking that notion. I, I, I hope they win for selfish reasons. Um. I like when everyone's happy around me, and I also like the idea that the show will, will probably we do really well for three more weeks, weeks of content. <laughs> yeah, we got something to talk about on Monday that's not sad. Um, but do you, if you could, if you could have it your way, if I could steal the BK commercial for just a moment, yeah, whopper, 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 whopper. Yep. If Mahomes were to go out there on the first drive and get. Not career-ending hurt, but let's just say he's hurt for that game. It'll be perfectly fine come Monday, but he's not going to be able to play the rest of the game. On the first drive, would you rather that happen, or would you want to play Mahomes perceived at full strength the whole game so the outcome doesn't feel like it's lesser? Uh, go to the Super Bowl. I don't care either way. Right. I'd rather beat him at full strength. Yeah, if you want to, I'd him, rather beat yeah, him at full strength. Well, it's not about whether you'd rather beat him at full strength or whether you'd. It, the game's still at the balance. Oh, I'm saying, are you one of those people that's righteous enough that sits there and looks themselves in the mirror? Because I'm not. I'm not. 
I'm the guy that hopes the whole team gets hurt in the first series. Not too bad. They that makes a full recovery. A full recovery. <laughs> but I, I'll let them all get hurt. I don't give a damn. Because if we win, it's like, I don't care. You know what? Hey, Jamison from Alabama gets hurt. I don't give a rat. I hope Marvin Harrison comes back, but do you think I care that he got hurt? No. If Patrick Mahomes gets hurt on the first drive, are you one of the self-righteous fans that says, you know what? No, I don't want him to get hurt. I want him to play the whole game, and we want to beat him strength on strength. Or are you the one the guy that's like, yeah, I kind of hope I see him on the first drive go down, and he never comes back the rest of the game. Of course he makes a full recovery. Go full ahead. Recovery. Uh, if you're asking me whether I, I – I, I, I'd rather beat Mahomes at full strength. Correct, so they can... So, so can, that we don't have to hear this narrative because if if the Bengals beat Chad Henney, it's going to be, well, they didn't beat Mahomes. You know, right. they, they won four in a row, but... Are you doing Tom right now? No, I wasn't doing Tom. <laughs> it sounded, it sounded I was like doing you're, the you're, real you're sports doing pundit. Tom. The real man. Talk, what po- sports pundit talks just the, like that? Just the general one. The one, the just one, the general. The one, general you, the one you spend pundit. two hours with every I mean, maybe. Day. Maybe he's the general sports pundit. <laughs> I agree, though. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you're asking me if I'd rather have an easier path to the Super Bowl or a harder one, yeah. As long as he comes back healthy. I mean, I don't want Patrick Mahomes to ruin his career, but I mean, like, if he if he just gets a little banged up and it's going to take some time to get used to, then sh- sure. Well, I, I want the easier path. But if we're going to win either way, then of course you want to beat beat them at their best strength. Beat Mahomes. Beat Mahomes. Beat him. Beat Mahomes. Beat Mahomes. Beat Mahomes. Beat Mahomes. Okay. Me- Go ahead, Brandon. I know you wanted to say something. Right? I was just going to say there's going to be no – intent by Bengals players to injure Patrick Mahomes to no. end his no. season. But you don't think there's guys inside that Kansas City locker room that know where Burroughs We have every intent in their yeah. season. Where Burroughs been hurt or that he's got bumps and bruises. I mean, they do play to that. They're not gonna they're not gonna try to tear his ACL, but they know they know what ankles hurt. I mean yeah. it's the game of football. You're out there, you know the risk. But here's my thing. If you were to play and beat Kansas City, right, and then you turn around, well, let's say he's hurt, right? He gets hurt in the first drive, and you beat Kansas City. You go to the Super Bowl, and then you lose the Super Bowl? God, you would just hear all the complaining and like, oh, Kansas City should have been in there, this, that, and the other. And if you play him at full strength and you win, and then you go and play and lose in the Super Bowl, it just makes it look a little bit less of, of a damaging thing. But now, if you... Let's say we, we beat Kansas City and Patrick Mahomes goes down and then we win the Super Bowl. You're still going to get that same complaining, I think, that Kansas City didn't get a fair shot. and We can play back up to the whole yeah. playoffs. And, 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 and that's where Bowl. I yeah. just – that's where as a fan I just don't care. I, I, I could care less if another fan base says it. Well, you don't really deserve it because of this, this happened, this happened. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, I don't know. We're the ones that hold up the championship trophy. Right. If the Bengals are holding up the Lombardi at the end of the year, I, I could care I could care less how we did it. Who who cares? Did they ever get the Lombardi back from Buffalo? And Autumn, uh, Autumn in the chat <laughs> brings up a great point. The Chiefs are playing him. He's deciding to play. Right. If he goes out there and he gets hurt or injured or whatever it is, like – that's the decision that they have made. And that's the point that I brought up on Monday was that if he plays, there's no excuses. There's no excuses for any game because everyone's banged up. No one wants to talk about the Bengals. And again, I'm not trying to be a Bengal homer here, but no one wants to talk about the Bengals have three offensive linemen out. But somehow, if the Bengals were to win this game, you're trying to tell me that the narrative should be or supposed to be that it's all because Mahomes got hurt because he has such a good track record of beating the Bengals. 
I mean, if 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 Mahomes was 100% healthy, I, there's no wor- no way in the world I could see that man losing to the Bengals. I mean, I could you guys ever see that happening? 3 now. Ah, that's my point. Okay, what else do we got? You got some buy or sells? On buy you? or sell? We've done it the last few weeks of the postseason. Let's go. Paul? Yeah, what am me, I buying? No, give me an intro to, to, to buy or sell. Just Ooh. off the rip. Good. Ka-ching! I love it. That works. That works. <laughs> it's time for buy or sell. See, that's my nas- – just the national Clip pundits. Oh, right. the national pundits. Yeah, good right, for you. Right, right. All right, buy or sell. The first game is the NFC Championship. Did we just get a – Yeah, that was much better than me. There it is. There it is. Buy or sell. Paul, we'll start with you. All right. NFC Championship games. Brock Purdy will shrink under the pressure of the game and the Eagles defense. Are you buying or selling? Yeah, I'm buying. I don't want to buy it. I don't want to buy it. It's like, I don't know what it's like. Maybe it's like insurance. You don't want to buy it, but yeah, (laughs) you have to buy it. That's a fair it. point. I like that. I'm buying it. He's buying it. Mr. Irrelevant, Trace, is he going to shrink under the pressure that is the NFC Championship game and also I don't know if the he'll team shrink. That, wait, wait, wait. Hold on. In the team that no, leads you already the bought it. You're done. Sacks. I don't know if he'll shrink under the pressure, but I think it will come off that he's shrunk under the pressure. I am going to go out on a limb and say something relatively wild. I think Brock Purdy is going to play well throughout the remainder of the playoffs. In fact, today, I am going to put my money where my mouth is a little bit. I have this weird uh, thought process that Brock Purdy uh, on Betfred, what is his odds to win the Super Bowl MVP? Do we have that? Or can you dig that up up for me? Because it it seems like a good value, right? Because the quarterback, all they really need to do is throw for like, what, two touchdowns in a game? Maybe maybe throw for 250 yards? Nothing that outlandish. Mm -hmm. And they automatically win the MVP. I plus six fifty. I think the plus six fifty. Yep. I think the 49ers are a very good team. I think that they are going to win on Sunday. So I am selling what you're trying to buy. What you're, you're trying to, what you're trying to sell me. You're selling. No, I don't want it. I think I think people are underestimating how good of that of a team that Cowboys was. I think people underestimated all season long. People are looking at the game and going, they they barely beat that Cowboys team. But that Cowboys team it's probably the fifth best team in the entire NFL. Brandon. Buying. I think the uh, – I love the story. He's played great. I just think it's going to be an Eagles, uh, an Eagles-Bengals Super Bowl. Hmm. Zach Bryan predicted it. It's your Zach guy. Bryan. That's that your is, guy. That is my guy. It's one of my many guys. Casey, are you buying or selling that Mr. Irrelevant is going to shrink under the pressure this Sunday? You know, my Brock Purdy take from earlier on the season, and I've since kind of let up on it, and I've started to come around to the idea that he's a pretty good system quarterback. I'm going to sell because I think this is the statement game where he makes it to the Super Bowl and cements his name as a legitimate starting quarterback. Mm. Sell, sell, sell. I think it's fair to – I mean, I think he's already done this, but if Brock Purdy wins this game, Regardless of what the 49ers do, like the 49ers could sell Brock Purdy this offseason if they plan to stick with Trey Lance or Jimmy G, and they could sell Brock Purdy for like probably even a like this is gonna sound crazy a first round draft choice. Like you can you can eat immediately flip mystery relevant into a first round draft choice in one year. So I'm on the case that I'm selling as well. 
I think the 49ers are a better team. I think Brock Purdy has shown enough that he can play, make the big plays with all the, the weapons around him. I'm selling. I think that I think he's a gamer. All right. Gamer. So we got two people thinking the Eagles are going to go wire to wire. I do think the Eagles are going to win. All right. Yep. The other game, obviously the big, the big game is the AFC Championship game. The winner of Sunday's game gets crowned the best quarterback in the National Football League. Are you buying that? Yeah. Yes. Are you buying on Monday that regardless of who wins, they're the best quarterback yeah. in the NFL? Yep, I'm buying. I think we're already there. I think the narrative's already been set up for that. I think I think the ball's already on the tee. They even just even with a banged up Patrick Mahomes, perceived banged up. Yeah, because if he wins, oh, I see what you're saying. If Joe, so if he beats, loses, then you get the excuse I, built in that he was banged up. Yeah, I, no, I, unless he comes out like the first drive, like if he if he really does right, take he, the first he, hit, he plays the full game. Then no, but if he plays the full game and they lose, yes, Joe Burrow's that's best, enough. And yes. they win. Joe Burrow's yes, best quarterback. That's enough. Trace, buying or selling that the winner of this is the best quarterback in the NFL? I'm buying that. Well, one, because Patrick Mahomes has already kind of been elevated to that yeah, perspective. Sure, so sure. even if it's an ugly, muddy mess and they somehow were to win this game, I think he gets elevated. And the fact that the fact that Burrow has already beaten Mahomes three times, mm -hmm. even if it's an ugly mess and it's the quarterbacks that really weren't the difference, I still think that, like they always do with quarterbacks, they get too much praise when things are going when go things are going great, and they get too much blame when things are going bad. No matter what happens in this game, whoever wins the game will be crowned or be looked upon, in my opinion, as the best quarterback in the NFL. So I am buying that. At least for a year, no doubt. Casey, buying or selling winner of this game, best QB in the NFL. I am going to buy that because, you know, I. I Mahomes is perceived the best quarterback in the NFL. Joe Burrow, number two. This would be Joe Burrow's fourth win. I think regardless of what happens, I think uh, the best quarterback will win. So that's my thought. You guys have said everything I need to say. I am buying as well. Buying Joe, as well. Joe, bye, bye, bye. Joe, got, Joe got elevated to number two, if you will, or 1A, 1B. By beating 1B. Josh. Last week, right? Right, no yeah. doubt. Clearly, he was. He was. There was people already saying like he's better than Josh Allen, but by them, by them kicking tail, that that definitely put that by the wayside. Do you guys? I think so often in sports we try to give an analogy to something that we've seen before, but yeah. do are we starting to get a vibe from Mahomes versus Burrow similar to what we saw with Manning versus Brady? Are we starting to get to that? Both AFC quarterbacks, the two best in the league, no doubt. And then you could throw Josh Allen as Big Ben in that that picture to where he might sneak sneak in at a Super Bowl. He might sneak into an AFC championship game. Are you getting similar vibes there? Or do you think that we just are drawing too many comparisons to, to what we've seen in the past? I mean, I think the concept is similar, but I don't think it's directly, We're not there yet. I don't think it's like directly Peyton Manning and Tom Brady. I think it's Joe Burrow versus Mahomes. I think that is the – I don't know. It's exactly. its own thing. Yeah, it's its own thing. Yeah. It's not like a direct one. I mean, we've heard one. it, but yeah. Yeah, because it – I mean, it, it's it's similar too in, this, in the fact that Peyton Manning was this uber-talented arm, cerebral. He made, he made plays more so than Brady – to where you're like, man, this guy can play. To where Joe Burrow and Tom Brady have this thing where sometimes it looks like he makes the game look easy and you're saying like, well, Tom Brady's not making these plays. Sometimes you watch Joe Burrow and you're like, I don't know if he's making as many as many throws as Patrick Mahomes or as many big plays as Patrick Mahomes is making. So there's that element to it too, to where you know the, the, the quarterback purist will say, 
this guy is better because he's he's more talented. But the the other guys will say, well, this guy's winning more, and that's that's Peyton or Joe Burrow beating Patrick Mahomes three times. I just think that, like, at what point? This is this, this, let's like flip the roles and and reverse them, if you will. So if Joe Burrow right was zero and three against Patrick Mahomes. Mm-hmm. Would anyone in their right mind say that if Joe Burrow would have beat Patrick Mahomes and be one and three against him, that somehow that there's he's better? Like, well, why I, do we give? I guess my question is: is why don't we give? And maybe we are. Maybe the NFL starting to do this. And I feel like I'm arguing with Bengal fans at times, trying to tell you that the guy that you have is better than Mahomes, and you guys want to tell me that I'm not. I I'm just saying. I don't know all the stats that are put out in front of me, but you take Joe Burrow, right? And you put him in a bad situation, which is the Cincinnati Bengals, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. I don't care what you say. You could say he's got weapons and this, that, and the other, and he's in a great, whatever. He went to a losing franchise with a losing Whoa. coach. You're right. Whoa. He went to a losing franchise with a losing coach. Patrick Mahomes got put in with Andy Reid and a Chiefs team that was already winning games and going to the playoffs. And somehow... Burrow has done what I would consider the remarkable, which is elevated the team to heights that they've never seen before. And yes, Mahomes has been great too, but the idea that Mahomes, or like I should say that Burrow would lose this game and, he, and, he, and, he, and there's no way in hell for me to sit up here and say with a straight face that he's not the best quarterback in the league is crazy to me. I think he is the, no matter what happens on Sunday, I'm taking Joe Burrow 10 times out of 10 regardless of what happens. And I know everyone's going to say, have you seen Mahomes make the jump pass and spin out of this and do that? I don't care about that. Like I, I watch Joe Burrow play, and he makes plays that other guys don't make plays. Why? Because he looks down the field, and he reads the defense, and he makes plays that look easy that aren't that easy. And Mahomes spins out of two guys and then throws the ball behind his back to Kelsey for 10 yards. The next thing you know, he's the best quarterback in the league. I'm done with the Mahomes thing, but I'm so sick and tired of it. I don't know if we've really had this conversation or not, but if Joe Burrow was on the Kansas City Chiefs and Patrick Mahomes was on the Bengals, are they still comparable? Are we still doing this like Joe Burrow's the number one quarterback on the Kansas City Chiefs? Or well, like no, because Mahomes has the Super Bowl. That's the difference here. Well, no, I'm I'm not I'm not even really talking about the accolades. I'm more just talking about talent wise because everyone says. Patrick Mahomes is this uber-talented guy, and um, Burrow's more the cerebral guy. Right. But if you flip them, if you take Burrow and you put him on Kansas City, and you take Patrick Mahomes, you put him on the Bengals, and they produce the similar stats. So so, so Mahomes has got 5,500 yards with the Bengals, and right. Burrow has whatever. Are we still saying that Mahomes is the number one quarterback over Burrow. Yeah, if you if you if you ask me if if Mahomes is putting up the same numbers as he put in Kansas City and Kansas or for the Cincinnati Bengals and vice versa, then yeah, Patrick Mahomes would still be the number one guy. And I think that's to to counter what what Trey said about if the roles were reversed, if Patrick Mahomes had beaten Joe Burrow three times and now we're looking to say if Joe Burrow wins today, is he the is he the elevated thing? That is the, the whole point of the argument is cuz what we're seeing from Patrick Mahomes on the field is I'm sorry to tell Bengals fans, and I hate that I have to do this every week. What he's what we're seeing on the field, the numbers that he's putting up, the going to five consecutive conference championships, that elevates him so much further. Really, the only 
argument that Joe Burrow has to say that he's better than Patrick Mahomes is that he's beat him three times. That's the only argument that he has because Patrick Mahomes are numbers are better. He's had more success um, in the regular season, in the postseason. But there's this element that if he beats him a fourth time, then yeah, that's where the freezing point, as Trace likes to say, is. It's the only argument point that you have for Joe Burrow being better than Patrick Mahomes. What about the idea that Burrow hasn't had the, the he hasn't had the amount of time in the league that Mahomes has had? He's not. I mean, the guy had his rookie season, and this is me. This is going off memory of me not being. I, you know, I might sound like an idiot here if I'm right. wrong, but he had his rookie season. Got off to an incredible start. Gets hurt, a major injury. Comes back the next year, right? Plays incredibly well, and the next thing you know, the Bengals are in the AFC Championship game. He leads them to one of the largest comebacks in AFC Championship history. Yeah. Wins the game, and then he comes back and does it again. And we're sitting here, standing here, like, like there's no, there's no way to fathom that if he were to lose this game, he still can't be the best. And I'm saying, I'm here to say, I think he is. Well, let me, let me say that if he wins this game, I, I, yes, I agree. I'm buying that and the fact that he is the number one. But to push against, he hasn't been in the league as long. Joe Burrow's played what two and a half seasons as a quarterback, and this is Patrick Mahomes' fifth full season as a starting quarterback. Joe Burrow's lost more games than Patrick Mahomes in the National Football League. In two and a half seasons, he's lost more games. At what point, though, do you look at the idea that, that Patrick Mahomes is on a really good damn team? He was. Team? No, you're, you're right. But like, that's, he's played I, double the games, and he's lost You're less. right. I, and listen, we're, we're like splitting hairs to a certain extent. I don't want to like turn this into some stupid debate show where we're arguing over semantics and it gets ridiculous. They're both great quarterbacks. We all know that. The only thing that gets on my damn nerves is that when we act as if He's so much more superior than everyone else when I'm not sure that he really is. I'm just not sure that he's that much above and beyond better than everyone else. And, it, and, it, and does it mean that I think that he sucks? No. But every single year, the man's, the man's talked about like, like basically he belongs, as I've said before, he does not belong in the same sentence as Manning, Brady, Breeze, Rodgers, Mar all the goats, if you want to call it that. Give him a few more years. If you want to crown him now, all I'm saying is, is you're counting, you're basically counting your chickens before the eggs have hatched, if you will. The guys have gotten, he's got off to an incredible start, but Drew Brees, I think you could look this up, has like 80,000 passing yards in the NFL. Patrick Mahomes has 24,000, okay? He has to do that three more times to even be 10, what, five or 10 yard, 10,000 yards less than Brees. He has to have the same career he's had three more times in a row two more times in a row to beat Breeze. And we want to just automatically put him in that category. Can we just pump the brakes a minute? That's all I'm asking. Patrick uh, I, Mahomes, okay. if he wins on Sunday, will have as many playoff victories as Drew Breeze. Wow. Well, well, he ain't winning Sunday. So he's, um, I, I, he's, he's won one loss. I did see Boom Shakalaka ask, when does the vote for NFL MVP happen? It happens after the regular season before the playoffs start. So that you can't get biased. It's already happened. Yeah, you yeah, can't get yeah. bias of the postseason. That's a very yeah. smart thing. To so do. it's over. Yeah. yeah. The right. MVP has already been decided. We just don't find out until right before the Super Bowl. Yeah, right. And one thing that I, I hate looking at stats for, for the MVP and anything like that, just because – Teams have different game scripts, they have different builds, and they have different schemes. Um, the Bengals, to me, uh, to me, Joe Burrow's MVP, just 100%, just based off of in an unbiased what, what he, opinion. Yes, in an unbiased in, in an unbiased opinion. I really do think that Joe Burrow's MVP because of what he does for the Bengals. If you take away 
Patrick Mahomes from the Chiefs, I don't think you see a significant enough dip as you would for the Bengals. I think the Bengals would be in a really bad spot without Joe Burrow. Do you guys think, because this was brought up in the chat, do you, they're asking are the, who has better, who, who's the better team without the quarterbacks, the Chiefs or the Bengals? Bengals. Probably Bengals. Bengals have the better roster. So you're telling me, and this is where I completely disagree with you guys. You they guys have the better roster, but I think Kansas City with, would be with better. With a fully the... healthy line, not 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 going into this game because our line's healthy, yeah. but with our, when our, with our line's Fine. healthy. Full health, strength yeah. on strength. Yeah, yeah. we have a better roster. If you take away Joe Burrow and he sits on the bench, and you take away Mahomes and he sits on the bench, you think the Bengals are the better team? You think Vegas would have you guys you guys favored in the game? I don't think so. A billion years, no. No chance no in hell. No well, chance well, in but, hell. Well, there's that meant if you take away the coach too. Like, I, I, no, I'm just no. saying if you put. I don't care. Let's just say you Chad Henney's on both playing. You, quarterback you have an all-time quarterback on both teams. Take the quarterback out of the equation. I don't think there's a chance in hell the Bengals are favored. There's just there's no way. I, yeah, I agree with you, Trace. But I don't think it'd be crazy. Right, yeah. I think it might it, be maybe maybe a point or two. I think I think it's I think it's almost undeniable that we have a better be, roster. Yeah, because I think Chad Henney is much better than Brandon Allen. Right, Chad Henney is infinite. Yeah, I mean it's not even a debate, and that's where that's where the next step of that argument would go. I, here's what Everett's asking, how in the world do the Bengals not have a better roster? Because right. in my in my in my opinion got better weapons. You better you defense. guys the, a lot of football comes down to the trenches, and you guys are not very good in the trenches. You're, you're, a, lot, a, lot of, a lot of what Joe does masks how bad your offensive line is at times. He steps up in the pocket. He makes a throw. He reads the defense. He calls out the defense. He shifts protection. He makes a quick hot read. He makes a throw. He does more stuff back there than the average person has no clue about because they don't know about football. They just watch the play and they see the play happen. They don't know that Joe Burrow's checking at the line of scrimmage because he knows what coverage they're in and he knows what blitz they're bringing. I'm not saying Mahomes doesn't do that ever, but he's nowhere close to the cerebral football player that is Joe Burrow. Not even remotely close. Well, if, I think we can... Would you guys agree that if you swap the teams, you put Patrick Mahomes on the Bengals and you put Joe Burrow on the Chiefs, this game is the exact same. It's Bengals versus Chiefs in the in the yes. AFC yeah. Championship. Yeah. Yes. Without a doubt. Yeah, yes. for different reasons, but yeah, I do. 100%. Agree. Like they they'd still be the two best teams in the AFC. Yes. Yeah. 100%. All right, fair. I think we beat this dead horse. Yeah. To a certain extent. But it is fun. And it I will say that's a dollar in the jar, first one all day. That's that that really irritates me because we almost. I held play. myself oh, back ooh. earlier. I, I don't want to be the okay. Debbie. I, I don't want to be the Debbie Downer here. You did it earlier. Well, I did it earlier. It was your opening line. I didn't want to derail with with Tom. It's the first thing you said to Tom, but I didn't want to derail. Well, the Well, that's show. not the start yeah, of the show. Is, the start of the show is since the intro. But that's, that's the fair. motion, right? Yeah, I will whatever. Say, uh, Drop the jar. Well, we're getting better. At least you, we are getting better. What's the the first sign of knowing that uh, you're have a problem is acknowledging it. He's acknowledging it. Yeah, yeah. recognize it. And you're catching yourself. Or at least I am. Like right when I right when then I you say go to meetings. That's the bad part is when you go to a meeting and you start to you start to like you're, you're trying to talk eloquently and then you know you say one of those things that we always laugh about that we always say they have no clue we say it all the time and then in your mind you're just racing through the idea that you just said it so you're just your your brain's in a pretzel that's here nor there uh the bubble burst i'm not going to spend a lot of time on this because uh we've talked baseball long far too long on our programs of chatterbox sports during the afc championship week and i'm certainly not going to talk about jeff kent but i do want to talk about this bubble that's going to burst and it's just a matter of time you know, when you're a corporation, it's very similar to a huge ship. In order to turn a ship around, we'll call it a Titanic-type ship, it takes a while. It's, it's, it's a really long process, right? And yep. that is what corporations are. That's what big business is. 
It's a slow-moving ship. If things are going really, really poorly, it takes a long time for those things to start to rear their heads to where you realize you got a major problem on your hands. Go talk to Blockbuster. Go talk to Sears. Go talk to plenty of other countless organizations that have found themselves in a position that they shouldn't have been in because they were the leader of their industry until they weren't, and they never acknowledged anything was wrong until it was completely gone. Small business is a little like, like, like us. We can make decisions on the fly pretty quickly, right? And that's a good thing and a bad thing at times. More like a, uh, I don't know, what a, a speedboat or something. You can get a, turn, turn things around pretty quickly, but things can go really bad really quickly too. That's where Major League Baseball and this whole RSN thing, Regional Sports Network, I find myself in. Contracts are going up. Payrolls are going up. Players are making the most money they've ever made. But viewership is at an all-time low or viewership is on a steady decrease. The game's not perceived, in my opinion, around the country as being exciting or, uh, to a certain extent, on the same level of competition of any other league. And none of it makes sense in the commissioner of the league that we're talking about never even wants to broach the subject of media. We never want to talk about blackouts. You never want to talk about growing the game through trying to get it on places in which people can watch it. And now we have a situation where leagues, the league, excuse me, the owners of what? I don't know what the number is, but 20, 25, 30, 30, not 30, but 25 of the 30 teams in the MLB are getting their revenue sources through RSNs who just announced they're going bankrupt. And you got to ask yourself, at what point does the bubble burst? When does the well run dry? Because it's not getting any more exciting to watch baseball and the contracts are going up, 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 up and away. And you can't watch it. You got to find a cable television package and no offense to Paul, but outside of Paul, he's the only guy that I know who has cable. Most people have YouTube TV, Hulu, I got the Netflix of the world, and they're streaming all of their stuff. And meanwhile, a game that I enjoy, that I love, I'm telling you, it looks and it appears exactly the same way as Sears and Blockbuster. Do I think the league is going to go you know, bankrupt and they're never going to play baseball again? No. But the bubble is starting to burst. And I'm just wondering, at what point does it get acknowledged by the people that run the damn thing? It's not hard to see from the outside. At least I, I, I see it very clearly. This isn't adding up. Back in 27... 2007, when you're handing out mortgages and loans to people that barely can make ends meet for $1,500, $2,000, $2,500, 3000 a month, because it all, you know, at the time made, made short-term economical sense, doesn't make long-term sense at all. And that's where Major League Baseball is. I don't know how much, again, to go back to a point that you guys always make fun of me about this show, I genuinely mean it this time. I don't know how much time we want to spend on this, but it is a very big problem. And I, I'm just waiting for someone to acknowledge it. Is it fair to ask the, the commissioner of baseball to come out on a news con like a, a podium and say, we got it. We got some major changes we need to make. We're going to find a way to make them. We need to try to attract a new audience, which is going to be a significant change when it comes to media right deals in our league. I, I don't really. I, would, I don't really have yeah. a take here. So, well, I just. I, what, what is the blowback? What is the fallout from Bally Sports going under? 
uh, mil- like tens of millions of dollars for teams. So like the Reds, that's one of, if not their main source yeah. of revenue. So like I'm saying is, do, is there they won't a plan get paid. in place or is there a plan in place for, to get Reds games on TV? Like, like if, if the contract provider, I mean, obviously if someone else is going to swoop in, but like, is there a plan in place that like, all right, what are we going to do now? How are these games going to get televised? I'm sure they're scrambling for that now, but more on top of that is, and is it done for this year? Like is Bally, no, explain it to me like I'm five. Like I, yeah, I, have, I don't know the legalities of it in the contract. Tom knew more about it, but obviously it's not going to happen tomorrow. I mean, but yeah, it's going to take a few years, but if they're bankrupt, I mean, the games are not going to be on Bally sports, Ohio. Unless something crazy happens in the next, you know, two years from now or whenever they no, get this. Correct. Yeah. I mean, obviously, out. Chatterbox is going to come swooping in and take the Reds deal, right? Yeah, 100%. Could you imagine? If you want me to paint this picture like you're five. Yeah. Or, 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 yeah, or just like exactly on our level. Think of it like this. Go a level lower. Give me even a level lower. <laughs> Give me a high school so I'm not being biased. Uh, unbiasedly, Stephen T. Baton. I'm just kidding. Uh, Ross High School. Okay. Let's just say we're going to use Ross as an example. If I went to Ross High School and I said I want to be the exclusive provider for all things Ross Athletics live, you know, video broadcasts. Right. And they're going to say, well, that's going to hurt our attendance or you're going to sell so much advertising. You know, we need some money. In order for us to give you those rights, you're going to have to pay us. Let's say Chatterbox then goes back into our huddle and we make a terrible decision financially. Mm -hmm. We're like, oh, we're going to go sell a ton of ads. There's going to be a ton of people watching. It turns out, this isn't, a, this isn't an indictment against Ross. It's more about painting the picture of the situation. Not that many people are watching Ross. We turn, we turn around and we right. go, Not oh, that no. many people are watching Major League ha- Baseball. Yeah. Right. What happens uh, now? We got to go back and we, we, we can't make this math make sense. So we promised you at Ross that we were going to give you, let's just say, $100,000 a year for your athletic budget. And you can't. You and can't now make I come to you promise, two years right? later and I say, hey, I hate to break this to you. But all of the, think of all the players you're spending money on, all the all the payroll that you have. I can't give you that hundred thousand dollars anymore because we've we've gone bankrupt, and I can't make this math make sense. So are they at an impasse to where they either gonna break their deal with with the teams and restructure the deal, or they're just straight up like folding and they gotta find a new they gotta find a new broadcast team. I, my, my, my best guess is there's negotiations that are going on that are twofold. One negotiation tactic that, that Bally could make would be just because you file for bankruptcy doesn't mean that you're going to have to go kaput, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, airlines have done this. They're, they're, some of it is Michael Scott did it. Some of it is, some of it, some of it is, yeah, <laughs> some of it is big business like brain to where, you know, you can work a system to a small extent. But I would argue more importantly about the whole situation is, is that they could try to negotiate with the Castellinis and that leadership group or that ownership group, I should say, that they'll give them more stake in that company as an offset of the money they owe them. So think of it as us at Chatterbox going to Ross and saying, we can't give you $100,000, but as a value add for that to make you happy and whole, we'll give you 25% of our company. And we'll try to get this thing back right. And then you're looking at it from the perspective of Ross, like, well, we're not going to get anything anyway, so maybe we just take it. And then someone from the outside, this is the, uh, this is the biggest picture thing that I don't have the answers to, you at home don't have the answers to, and no one in here has the answers to, is what big company is going to decide 
to invest in Major League Baseball and say they want to be the media provider. Could, could you see the? Could you see the Reds? So you've seen, um, I believe there's two, only two teams in the MLB that have their own network, right? The Yes Network for the Yankees and, the and Marquee Sports Network for the Cubs. Could you see the Reds put away some of their own money? Because we've known, we, we know they're 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 shilling out money left and right. Could you see them start doing it in house, similar to the way the Marquee Sports Network and the Yes Network does? Could you teams start the doing Great that? American Sports Network? Right. That's how it will go. In my opinion, that's yeah. how. That's yeah. how. Just do it yourself, Gassin. and then and yeah. then try to make your own revenue. Yes. From from subscriptions. Yeah. To say if you want to watch the Reds games, it's going to cost you a hundred bucks a year. So to turn this real big business, like uh, maybe this is interesting to people, maybe it's not. So college sports right now has a little bit of a monopoly on its hand, and when it comes to what you're talking about, which is media right deals, right? So places like the University of Cincinnati, even Xavier, uh, Ohio State. They sell their media rights because they don't want to deal with it. They throw their hands up in the air and they're like, we don't want to go sell ads for our stuff. We don't want to try to find Dan Hordes and people to, to announce our games. We'll just sell it to Learfield, IMG, right? So Learfield and IMG's responsibility is basically just to be for, for all, and I'm simplifying this. Trust me, it gets right. very complicated. They're just a middleman. So Learfield comes in and says, we're going to promise the University of Cincinnati $10 million every year for your athletic department, we're going to write you a check for $10 million, and then we're going to give you 10% of all the ad revenue that we can bring in for all of our packaging. And what's crazy is, this is where it gets absolutely bonkers, is that Learfield and IMG then turn around, and they sell the media right deals that they own to an iHeart Media company in local Cincinnati, who then turns around and tries to sell the ads to pay basically for their talent. So they're right, making money right. off of when they go to broadcast it. Learfield is making money off of iHeart because iHeart's paying them to have the media right deal. And then Learfield then turns around and hands a check over to the University of Cincinnati. So at some point, and I'm not saying it's going to be soon, but at some point, the University of Cincinnati, Ohio, all these other these institutions are going to realize that maybe, just maybe, we shouldn't just pay someone else to cut our grass. Let's cut our own grass. Why? Because we're going to save so much money and we're going to make so much more money by doing it ourselves. And we're just going to get rid of all these middlemen. So to your point, Reed, that's a long-winded answer of saying, I okay. think the Reds and other franchises will take a long, hard look at doing it themselves. It's, and, a, it's a big, that's a big mountain to climb, and but that's the most economical way to do it. If you're, if you're the Reds, you could do that. You could combine with the Guardians and do an Ohio thing and kind of shill off some at least some of the right the funding my point with, with baseball the difference between mlb and the nfl if your team is bad in the nfl like there's only 18 games a you year still watch every fans Sunday. still watch you they still watch a, a lot of the times they show up i mean the crowd might be half full but that's better than 81 games where there's five thousand people there the difference between baseball and football is that baseball if your team sucks which 80 70% of them suck or, or aren't going to win the World Series or have no shot or whatever that fan graph was at the Rosie Red Luncheon. You you don't care. Like, people aren't going to watch. Every Sunday, I will watch the Bengals game. If, if right. they're good or bad, I'll, I'll it's watch. A less, it's, a, it's less of an investment as a fan right. to watch 16, 17 games, even when your team I – mean, look at the Cleveland Browns. Yeah. I mean, people the biggest brand people are diehards. They care about the NFL. I'm a diehard Reds fan, but I'm at the point now where – because of what they've done, I don't give a damn. I like I, I don't root for them to lose, but I like 
I don't care if they win or lose because yeah. the product's is, not like it's not good. Is there anything better than when the Reds are good though? And I'm I hate the Reds. Is there anything better than when they're good? And you're just it's summertime here in Cincinnati. No, it's awesome. And you go you go out to a bar. You go out and the game's on, and people are freaking watching the game. Let me give it. That's it, one thing that Major League Baseball does have, though. Yeah. Right, Brandon? Is yeah. that is that they have they have they have a monopoly on the summer, and they have they have a product that is every single day. Right. So, like our show, if you will, or like yeah. like like Paul's podcast, and this isn't trying to get into the knee weeds of like business business, but like Paul's podcast outranks a ton of podcasts. Largely because why, Paul? You do it every single day. You get downloads every single day. So by the end of the week, those people that do podcasts one time a week, you're 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 so far ahead of them because you're you got downloads every day. The Major League Baseball has that going for them, where they have a product every day. It's not as important, perhaps perceived, but at the, but but from a business standpoint, it can make sense. The problem I have at this point with Major League Baseball is a business problem. I know the product isn't what we all want it to be, but it's a business problem because they've not addressed the problem. They've just pushed it off to the side and they have assumed that it's all going to be okay. We need to find ways to make it very easy for people to watch, to consume it. And what it's going to take, it's going to take a big, big brand, Amazon, Google, Apple. There's also got to be a competitive balance in baseball, which is never going to happen. And, and that brings up... The best point that maybe of the show is that how do you get more people to get engaged in watching it is you have a competitive league a la the NFL where the Jaguars can be a terrible team two years ago and next thing you know, two years later, they're relevant. The right. Bengals are terrible two, three years ago and then they're relevant again. It's not so much. The NFL, I'm not arguing that, the, that there's certain teams that aren't always good in the NFL or that Tom Brady, for God's sakes, won half the Super Bowls over a 20-year stretch, it felt like. That's not my point. The point is, is that, like you've said, if you live in Cincinnati, you just want to be relevant every two or three years. You can't go 10 years and, and, and lose a whole entire generation of fans because the product itself makes it to where if you're not really wealthy and you can't spend a ton of money, then it's really hard to win, which is all Phil was trying to say. Phil just can't eloquently say it. Phil brought up great points in that Rosie Red meeting. He just can't figure out how to public speak in a manner that makes it sound relatively intelligent and he doesn't sound like a little bitch complaining. Excuse my French. There's one thing that I want to use as an example. 2021 season. I worked probably 30 home games and then went to like 20 to 25 because there is nothing better in the summer Especially for me, I lived in Covington. I would walk across the Roebling Bridge, me and a couple buddies, buy cheap tickets, go to the games, and there would be 20,000 people there on a Tuesday night because the team had Nick Castellanos, Jesse Winker, Eugenio Suarez. They had a great pitching staff. You thought they had a chance to win the division and go to the postseason. Then, second half, they lose seven straight series. They, they, they miss the postseason. They sell everybody. And what happens on opening day happens. And... I don't think the Reds, unless they win, these fans here, it, there's going to be diehards that go to every game still. Certainly. But I, I don't see the, the ownership group and that, that ball, that, that franchise recovering unless they, unless they win. Winning fixes everything, but they're going to see a significant amount. And you saw it start last year with people not going to the games. 
I truly believe, and this is crazy to think, they had to push last year to sell out opening day. I wouldn't be surprised if opening day does not sell out until opening day this year. I'm not going to argue that. There's two things at play here, in my opinion, and we're going to get off the subject that is baseball, especially when we have an important game on Sunday. This is my whole thing with Major League Baseball. There's two problems. One is competitive balance, and the other one, at least in Cincinnati, is an owner that has a difficult time of speaking eloquently on a subject that's very important, and you can't alienate a fan base that has been starving for so long. He brings up great points, but the points he's bringing up are the points that the front office of the Major League Baseball needs to worry about, not him. I know it affects him. I understand that it's difficult to win in those environments, but you, as a leader of an organization, you have to wear it, man. You have to just wear it. You have to understand that it's not fair. You have to understand that you can't keep up with the Joneses and that you're probably not going to be able to go out and spend the money to be relevant like the Mets can be. But you can't come out to your fan base and just be like, oh, woe is me. You just, you just wear it and you say, you know what? Forget the excuses. We're, we understand the predicament we're in. We know our fan base is starving. We're starving. We're tired of it, just like you're tired of it. And we're going to find a way to win. That's it. And if you want to walk off set and laugh about what you just said after you did it, go ahead. But I will say this about Phil. I think he does care. I truly think Phil gives a damn. I think he wants to win. I think he's a competitor deep down. He gets fired up. Am I saying he's a great person? I'm not saying he's a great person. But I do think that he wants to win. He just has a really difficult time of eloquently stating what needs to be said to a fan base that's been starving for so long that, be quite frank, since his ownership stake has came, came to fruition and started, has never really produced anything of relevancy. There, there's a lot of fans out on the, on the Castellini ownership group, obviously for what happened on opening day and what happened with last season. But I think if this is, what, the fourth, fifth rebuild since they've been here, if this one doesn't work and they're not good in 24 or 25, there will be fans, maybe myself included, that are just out. Winning will fix that. I promise this. I know you feel that way. I know, I know you feel that way. But it's so I'm hard to win in baseball. You, it's so hard. Yeah, yeah, but it doesn't matter. If Ellie De La Cruz comes up and he plays great, if McLean comes up and plays great, and these young pitchers, who we know are relatively pretty damn good, and they start to play well, and the ownership group goes out, listen to me, and spends money to fill those holes and they win, you won't give a damn and neither will the entire city. You know why? Because I've seen it happen in this city and it's called the Cincinnati Bengals and they play on Sunday and everyone's fired up and five years ago, everyone wanted Brown, his hot ass out of this town. So who gives a damn? What all that matters is that winning is the only thing that fixes everything. And that's all they need to do. And there's nobody that can do it besides the young core group that's coming up, and hopefully Nick Crawl can figure it out. I'm praying Nick Crawl is the Joe Burrow, if you will, of Cincinnati and or Ellie De La Cruz. Although the problem is, in baseball, you don't have just one guy that can come and resurrect right. the whole thing. That's the scary part when it comes to baseball. I digress. Final thoughts on, I know we got the vault. Last night was incredibly difficult. Arizona Wildcats are uh, the scum of the earth. I, 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 they're the worst. They're the worst. I hope the Wildcats don't make the NCAA tournament for the next 20 years after this one. They should actually, you know what, Paul? Based off of last night and what happened, 
They should go back and start to look back into that investigation. I personally might start digging through it. Nothing against Sean Miller, but Arizona Wildcat program should be put in purgatory. I mean, it was unbelievable. Can you we'd pull the clip we'd, up? We had four bad beats. Can you yeah, pull, pull the clip four, up? Four bad it's, beats. It's, 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 All four games that we were on, guys, we were on the right side of and got and screwed out beats, of. Guys, bad beats. bad beats in what happened in that Arizona game, in my opinion, are completely different. Right. Bad, like, but like Arizona, like, is, it's one thing to give up a three. Like, no, I'm not trying to like uh, like resurface bad memories, but Bellerman or Bell, however you say it. Bellerman. Bellerman hitting a three like that right, at the end of the game. That's a bad beat. That's a bad beat. It's a bad beat. But you that's, know what? That's like, different than what happened You could be like, oh, I can see that. I, I, can, I can see that happening in a basketball game. All right, so. You can't make oh. this up. All right, I'll so the, here's, here's. Go ahead. Here's. Let me lay it all out for you. Arizona, they got to cover five. They're playing Washington. Five and they, a half for me. For some people, five and a half. Um, but the line was mostly around five. They're up eight. They just were up 10. They missed an alley-oop. Arizona was up 10 with 30 seconds left. Had the ball. Missed an alley-oop. It went off the backboard. Washington State came down, laid it in. Arizona got the ball back, obviously, off the inbound pass. And could have done this. They could have just dribbled out the clock. They could have held the ball for the end of the game. Yeah, show, show the people that don't run the video yet, Casey, but just put the put the, put the the thing up there. Look at L this. Look at this. The ball's loose. Arizona is the dark-colored. Washington State's the white-colored team. All right? Arizona is up by eight points with 10 seconds left. And with just the ball. Run the clip, Casey. Creasa will run it down. Kirk Creasa to Tubelis, who what tries to dunk it. What are you doing? What is Tubelis doing? There was no doubt this was going in. And the worst part was that the scoreboard operator yes. added two to Arizona, and I thought by some stroke of luck when they threw the – look, Tubelis goes to dunk it. Watch the score. They put two on the board for Arizona. So I'm, I'm sitting here going, wait a second. Did I just did – we, did, we, did we cover? What happened? I missed that because I was so upset on my couch watching Kirk Risa throw it. Kirk Risa could have just held the ball in the corner. But instead he threw it to Tubelis and then they came down and knocked a three. That is the second time this year that I have been on Arizona and it is the second time this year that Arizona has not covered on some BS late three like that. It's unbelievable. Unbelievable. This was at like 1.15 in the morning. I, I was about to record the rundown. I was still finishing up writing it. I still had to do a couple more notes. I was like, let me just get this done and go to bed. I did not move for 20 minutes. I was shaking. We I was put out, so we put upset. Out, we put out four picks yesterday. Not too picky did. And it went EKU minus one and a half. Who was up by 15 in the second half. They were up. Well, they were up two with 10 seconds to go. And Bellerman hits a three to win the game. So that loses on a bad beat. We had Purdue minus five. They were up double digits with 30 seconds to go and push. And Hunter Dickinson banks, chucks up a three from like four feet behind the three-point line, banks it in, banks push. In, banks it in, push. And then we have UCLA. Oh. They're if, under 134 and a half. If you, if you, the Bruins were down 11 points with 20 seconds to go. They go down, shoot a three, miss. They're down 11 with 20 seconds to go. They miss. And foul. They foul. They think they're going to scrap back into this game with 20 seconds to go down 11. 
Then Mick Cronin gets a technical foul, and they shoot four free throws to hit the over, and we lose the under. <laughs> we were on the right side of all four. They and scored, went 0 for 4. They scored 24 points in the final minute of that game. <laughs> and the, the total was 134. So they scored almost, what, one-fifth of their points in that entire game. One-sixth of their points in that entire game. In, in the, the final minute. In the final minute. Well, there's only one thing you can do. I've said it before. I'll say Hop it again. back on the horse. You just get back on the horse and you find a way. You're always one day away from your best day. You are. And... Sunday could be the greatest day oh. in Cincinnati sports. Maybe not history. That's the wrong word to use. But it could be a great day. I am going to try to find somebody to hitchhike um, or pick up a hitchhiker, whatever term it is, as long as they have a video camera and, and uh, have used one before and can nice. do some editing. Camcorder, VCR. Things of that nature. Then, uh, then they'll be along with the trip, or maybe they won't be. I don't know. But I have a meeting that I need to get to. I'm running well behind. This show's gone way over, which is fine. That's cool. We're hanging out with our friends. You can hop off. We'll go in the vault. But I... this show is brought to you by Betfred Sportsbook. And we talk about gambling a lot here. Yes, we we know that. It's a part of who we are. And I'll be honest. I've made a personal commitment that I have a gambling season. That season starts when football starts. And it ends when basketball March Madness is over. Baseball. We will not. I will not be doing baseball. But you can go I'll ahead and every do that if you'd game. like. This show is brought to you by Bedfred Sportsbook. It's the sportsbook of Cincinnati. That's the phrase that we've come up with. And until they tell us otherwise, we're going to keep using it because it's true. And look around. Just look around. It's the official sportsbook of the Cincinnati Bengals, which is the uh, best franchise in this town currently. So that gives them the title of the best sportsbook of Cincinnati, largely because they're with Chatterbox Sports as well. If you have a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER, 21-PLUS, Ohio residents only. But until... Monday, which we do not know exactly where we're going to be Monday, how we're going to do the show. Hell, if Paul even knows how to turn on the lights. We, we don't know. know. We'll be here, Tom and I. We'll you be guys good. will figure it out. We'll be good. But until then, you enjoy your weekend. We'll see some of you in the Discord. Emperor, put a smile on your face, man. Life's too short to be so mad all the time. Take care, everybody. <laughs>